I believe we may have Congressman Darren LaHood live on the line with us now. Congressman, are you there? I am. Hi, Jim. Uh, Congressman, welcome. Good afternoon. We're live on the air, and thanks for taking the time. Great to talk to you this afternoon. Hey, Jim, great to be with you and your listeners today. Uh, Congressman, I want to start by asking kind of, I'm sure it seems like kind of a basic question, but to be honest, I haven't heard uh, a lot of folks on Capitol Hill come right out and say it yet. Uh, Do you view Joe Biden as the president-elect? I think he's on track to be president-elect. Obviously, three weeks ago today, we had an election, Jim. Uh, 72 million people voted for Trump. It looks like a few more voted for Biden. Um, obviously, there were issues raised regarding irregularities, fraud. Uh, we have a court system that's playing out. Um, and I think he's on track to become president. I think we saw that yesterday with President Trump uh, allowing through GSA for him to begin his transition. He's now getting intelligence briefings and security briefings. And I think he's on track to be the next president. You you say there were issues raised, but there hasn't been any evidence raised of widespread voter fraud that would overturn this election. Do you really think there's any uh, legitimate claim to even suggest that uh, that Joe Biden isn't president elect? Well, listen, um, everybody thought this was going to be a blue wave, that we were going to lose the Senate. Republicans were we were going to get crushed in the House. Trump was going to get crushed. Listen, he got 72 million votes. My only point is we live in a system where um, everything needed to be explored. I'm a big believer in the legal system. But, Jim, I'm also a big believer you have to have facts and evidence. So while it may have taken three weeks to exhaust some of these legal uh, cases, um, remember in the Gore versus versus Bush in 2000, it went on for 37 days. But Congressman, hang, hang, hang on a second, though. I mean, that was one state with a few hundred votes. We're talking multiple states and tens of thousands of votes. Those two things aren't the same. Four years ago, nobody had any problem calling Donald Trump president-elect. I don't know why it is that you and so many of your Republican colleagues on Capitol Hill can't use that term about Joe Biden now. Well, I just said he's on track to be vice president. And I'm somebody that said he ought to get security briefings and intelligence briefings. But I also believe you have to you, – you deserve your day in court. That's well, part of our ha- system. Have they not and had their day in court? I mean, they've been to court 30-some-odd times, and they've been thrown out almost every time. How much more of a day in court does the Trump campaign need? Well, as you may be aware, there's a case in Pennsylvania that the federal district court dismissed. They filed an appeal. The appeal was granted. It's going before the Second Circuit. Uh, they'll have their day in court. But I'll go back to my statement earlier. As a lawyer, you need facts and evidence. I, I have not seen that thus far, Jim. And that's why I think you saw the, the transition begin yesterday. The president made the decision to release the money. The transition is happening. And I think all hands are on deck between the Trump administration and the Biden administration to have a smooth transition. That's what I anticipate will happen. But I think everybody should have the right to have things looked into when you have an election that was as consequential as this one was. Uh, but but I, I'm confident things are moving in the right direction. Do you think the president is trying to create a, an aura of distrust about the election process? I don't. I think he's exploring his legal options here. But I will say this. I have not been impressed with his legal team. I think the press conference that went on last week with Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and these others, uh, I I don't think he's well represented uh, by the lawyers he has in place. Frankly, I would have rather seen somebody like a Ken Starr or somebody like a a Ted Olson or somebody like a Trey Gowdy up there representing the president. I don't think he's been well served by the lawyers around him. And I think that's reflected in in the fact that he's lost most of these cases. 
Should the president concede at some point, formally come out and say, yep, I lost? Absolutely. Do you think he will? I don't know about that. I mean, listen, as I mentioned, there's still a couple cases out there pending. Uh, time is running out. Think, the, Pat, his legal path is narrowing there. But once those are all uh, exhausted, and, and remember, the electors from the Electoral College will solidify and, and, and formalize the election in December, uh, and there'll be plenty of time for the president to help with that transition. Uh, and when he has all the evidence before him uh, and, and all his legal paths have ended, he can uh, decide whether he wants to concede then. Congressman Darren LaHood's with us, and, and this isn't the only thing I wanted to talk to you about today, but I, I am curious as to how you think Republicans on Capitol Hill will work with President Biden, particularly if we continue to have a, a divided Congress. Well, I think um, the what, what happened in the election three weeks ago, Jim, is that uh, this country um, likes divided government. That's what they voted for. Um, we're, it looks like the Senate is going to remain in Republican hands. Uh, we gained 12 seats uh, in the House. That was very unexpected. We were supposed to lose 10. So it'll be in the House. It'll be the closest governing majority since 1919, Jim. Um, so I think it depends on what direction Vice President Biden goes. Um, if he focuses on issues like infrastructure, transportation, if he focuses on legal immigration reform, if he focuses on stimulus to, to, to address uh, the coronavirus. I think those are all things he'll find Republicans like myself and others that will want to work with him. I also think, um, I mean, he is a creature of Congress. He served in the Senate for a, a good 30 plus years. So he knows you have to find compromise to get things done. And so I hope that he resists the far left tendencies. Um, in this election, what didn't win was um, defunding police, socialism, far left policies. I think the president is practical enough to know that. I should say the vice president elect is practical enough to know that. And I think he'll find willing participants to focus on things uh, that reflect the, the, the common sense of, of the voters. Will there be uh, another COVID relief package this year or maybe early in 2021? Is that going to happen? We have a responsibility and an obligation to get this done now before Christmas. We go back to D.C. next Monday. Uh, Jim, while I've been back, uh, whether it's in Springfield or Peoria or Bloomington, I see small businesses that continue to hurt. And I worry about the winter months so that we're going into, particularly restaurants, people that are in the banquet uh, industry or, or uh, catering, people that are in the lodging or hospitality industry, uh, people that own gyms and workout facilities. They're not going to make it the next six to nine months. When we go back to D.C., we shouldn't leave uh, for Christmas until we get a package done. Um, I think the election is over now. Let's come together. Let's help these people that need it. And it needs to be a targeted, focused um, uh, package that, that works with disproportionately affected businesses. I think we can do that, and uh, I'm supportive of that. What about, uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but is there any uh, movement toward the notion of providing some relief to state governments like here in Illinois, local governments that have seen enormous expenses related to this pandemic and, and giving them some relief? Sure. Uh, yes. Um, COVID-related revenue loss uh, should be on the table. I'm supportive of that. What I'm not supportive of is money that goes to bail out, you know, pension systems or bail out debt or, or things that were pre-COVID. Is anybody proposing last, that? I, 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 I'm not even... No, no. Absolutely. We, 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 there's been a number of proposals on both sides of the aisle that looks at COVID-related revenue loss. I look at the cities of Springfield or Peoria or Bloomington. The last thing they ought to be doing is laying off firefighters and police officers and city workers 
because of COVID-related revenue loss. So we ought to focus on money that goes for that. We, we've looked at formulas on how that works. Um, so I'm supportive of that. It, the cost has been the biggest thing, Jim. Pelosi originally wanted $2 trillion. Mitch McConnell wanted $500 billion. And remember, all this money goes on the federal credit card. We go into debt. I think the sweet spot is somewhere between $500 billion and $1 trillion, which is still an awful lot of money. But I think we can reach a compromise there that goes to, again, uh, PPP-type businesses, disproportionately affected businesses, and uh, help our cities and municipalities. Um, you, you talked about, uh, if, if president Biden focuses on things, one of the things you mentioned was infrastructure. You were, uh, today in Springfield at the ribbon cutting for the new Archer elevator road extension. Uh, do you think we'll see a big infrastructure infrastructure package in the new year? Well, um, vice president elect Biden has proposed one, a pretty robust one of about a trillion dollars. Um, listen, I think, um, there is, listen, Traditionally, Jim, infrastructure transportation has been bipartisan, and it should be. Um, and, and so I think if we focus on that um, and, and look at where we can help out and fix up our roads and our bridges and our tunnels and our locks and dams, yes, there can be bipartisan support. There has in the past. So I think there's a pathway. I think what gets complicated, Jim, is when um, all you, you, there's not a lot of transparency with the money, meaning it goes into one big black hole in Washington and doesn't get spent back. Uh, in, in, say, Illinois or other places. So we have to put some transparency in there. Secondly, we got to make sure the money goes to actually building things. Um, and I think the polling shows if you can convince people the money's going to come back to your district, it's going to go to good projects, yes, there can be bipartisan support for that. So that I think um, that, that's one way the president, uh, vice president-elect Biden could start off with. And, and I think if he focuses on things like that, I think he'll find um, uh, willing participants from Republicans. Are you looking for any new committee assignments uh, in, in the new session? What are your priorities for the coming year? Well, I, I'm um, honored to serve on the Ways and Means Committee. It has been a good platform to advocate for the farmers in my district and for the ma- manufacturers in my district. Um, listen, I, I think uh, focusing on trade agreements. I mean, one area that I've um, had some agreement with um, the Biden administration, uh, TPP, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now, there are some things that I want to change on that, but this is a way to isolate China. I think a trade policy that uh, focuses on getting with our other like-minded allies around the world and putting pressure on China is a good way to do that. So I think it depends on where the Biden administration goes on trade, but TPP will be good for our farmers and good for our manufacturers if it's done the right way. So I- I'm keeping an open mind, and that's going to be a priority moving forward. First and foremost, Jim, though, we got to get through COVID. We got to make sure the vaccines get the vaccine or vaccines get distributed in an efficient and effective and accountable way. Get through this. I mean, I think the economy is going to spring back strong. We've already seen signs of that. Um, if we can get the vaccine out, that needs to be the immediate focus. Speaking of China, uh, somebody forwarded to me a, a fundraising message that you sent out talking about the danger that China poses to America. Uh, what is it that uh, you're looking to have the Biden administration do? You mentioned uh, TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but what else are you looking for? Are, are you looking for sanctions? What are you wanting to, to see the uh, the new president do in relation to China? Well, I think one thing we can focus on, again, this is bipartisan, Jim, is bringing supply chains back to the U.S. We saw during COVID in the spring that we were heavily relying on the Chinese for PPE. We were heavily relying on reagents for testing, heavily relying on pharmaceutical drugs and generic drugs. 
um, almost 90 to 95% of all those things I just mentioned came from China. We can never be in that situation again. So what we've proposed in a bipartisan way is how do we bring those supply chains back to the U.S.? How do we incentivize that? So we're looking at the tax code on the Ways and Means Committee, looking at tax incentives, tax credits, so that if and when we ever have another pandemic, we're not relying on the Chinese for all these things. I think that's a way to work with the Biden administration to focus on that. That means more jobs here in central, west central Illinois. But it also means a focus on manufacturing, which will be good. That, that would be uh, my first recommendation for, for uh, the Biden administration. Congressman, finally, uh, of course, uh, you're, you're back here in Illinois. The governor has been urging people to avoid large family gatherings here at Thanksgiving because of the pandemic. Can I ask, what are, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Are you going to get to see your dad, or is it going to be just a small, immediate family sort of thing? It's going to be small, immediate family. My mom and dad will actually be with my sister and her family in a small gathering. Um, we're, we're abiding by most of the restrictions, Jim, um, and, and what's out there. And I'll be with my wife's family. We'll have about six to eight people and uh, exercising, um, you know, wearing masks, social distancing, and doing what we can uh, to get through this spike that we've had with coronavirus. But obviously Thanksgiving is an important time for everybody. We have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but we'll be celebrating a little bit differently this year. Congressman Darren LaHood, thanks again for your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Jim. Take care.